everybody, we back. R2C to another week. Now I'm holding my mic now. Wait, the, what the hell? Now you're now you're cool holding your broken I, ass microphone. Before I wasn't you about to in? hold a, I wasn't about to hold a mic for a fucking hour, cause like this shit's fine sitting right here. Yeah. But don't 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 you feel kind of like don't you feel kind of in control holding the mic in your hand now nah, like this? This is a super weird feeling for me. Like this is super <laughs> awkward. Like I don't I feel like fucking <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands like Ricky Bobby. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. It well, it's a good look for you though, man. You look in control. You look like you're, you know, you're controlling things on the stage, is what I it looks could, like. I to could me. definitely never be a rapper. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like on the stage, like with all those people, no chance. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, hey, we promised as part of uh, our new deal with the ringer and uh, being a part of Spotify, we promised more episodes, right? We have new episodes every single Thursday, but we also we're, we're going to have some two-week episodes. We're going to have some three-week episodes. There's going to be some more episodes, which is why you need to be following the new feed, right? I know it's been annoying as hell, and we're sorry for it. We've moved three times. We're the transient podcast. We get it. But we're, we're in our long-term home now. You need to follow us over. Follow the new feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. We're with The Ringer now, so make sure you're following the new feed. And then you get... More episodes like this one today, see, with Manny Machado. We recorded this uh, Friday afternoon, but uh, releasing it Monday so that people could start the week with it. We, we promise more content. Here we go. This is it, baby. Baseball playoffs and, you know, everything's coming down the stretch, heating up. So, you know, I, we leaned in on some of our boys. We had Luke on. He was great. Um, got Manny on now. So, you know, they've been playing well and obviously – you know, the Padres with all those young stars out there and, you know, how exciting they are to watch. Um, it was only right. We had them come back and, and uh, bless us on the pod again. It's, it was a lot of fun. We got Mookie Betts coming up soon, too. Uh, and, yeah, Manny is, I mean, he's incredible. There's something for everybody in this conversation, you know, talking about the unwritten rules of baseball and the reaction to the Padres from some of the teams around the league, talking about what makes Tatis great, Manny giving some awesome advice on defense, and he also tells an incredible Kobe Bryant story. I have to say, see, every time uh, we've talked to Manny, he—I mean, he's just—he's a really, really interesting guy. He is. He really is. He's just—he's a good dude, man. Like, I—I I mean, I've been knowing him since he came up. Obviously, playing against him for so long in Baltimore, and you know, being a Jordan athlete, you know, we got a chance to be really close. So uh, it's fun for me to be able to watch what he's, you know, turned into. Obviously, we knew his talent. He was going to turn into a superstar. But, you know, just to see it happening and folding right in front of our eyes and him leading, a, you know, a franchise that hadn't been to the playoffs in a long time, you know, back to the playoffs is, uh, is, is dope. It's, it's good to see, you know, your friend doing that, those type of things. Hitting over 300 this year, an OPS near 1,000 at the time of recording 14 home runs. Here is four-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glove Award winner, Platinum Glove winner, and a man who owns five home runs in his career off my co-host. <laughs> Had to get that in, see? I Had thought it would be way in. more. I thought it would be way more. <laughs> All right, good. Without further ado, here is Manny Machado on R2C2. Manny, you know how, how we do this. We just dive right in, man. So we're just we're just diving right in. By the way, I it looks like if that's the crib in San Diego, just based on the exterior, it, it looks like you did a very nice job with the house there in San Diego, <laughs> Manny. It's beautiful weather out here, I'll tell you that. <laughs> How are you loving the West Coast, man? How is it going down there? You loving San Diego? 
man, it's 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 awesome, bro. This place out here, man, it's it's the city, the weather, the people right now, especially that's playing good. Uh, you know, it's it, it's nice, man. It's 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 a, it's a blessing. You know, I mean, I'm an East Coast at heart. You know, I'm from Miami. Uh, been out out there a long time, but uh, you know, it's 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 nice out here to to be out here and just be in the fresh weather. It's different. People are nicer, but you know, we we love it out here, man. The people love us and uh, a lot of nice people. So it's it's been it's been pretty cool. And you guys have been on fire, cause like I mean, y'all. I mean, so many great young players. It's been fun to watch. What has it been like in the clubhouse? Like being the older mentor now and watching Tatis <laughs> and Grisham and all these dudes, man. What's that like? Man, it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. It, it's just you know when I came up, I came up kind of in the same situation, 2012, where you know I'm looking up to Jim Tomey, Adam Jones, Nick Markakis, and they're all looking at me, and I'm I'm a young kid, so. It's the first time we're winning in, in a long time in Baltimore. And so it's kind of the same thing here in, ba- in, in San Diego that uh, we're here winning. The city's on fire. The city's freaking livid. I mean, I walk down the street and people have San Diego stuff all over the place. And, you know, hey, good game today. Let's go get let's go beat them Dodgers. And, you know, it's, pre- it's pretty it's pretty crazy seeing it. And then when you go and you step into the clubhouse, you have all these young kids. You know, they're balling out, man. And we're we're having fun at the same time. And. Dude, it's it's freaking awesome to go to the ballpark every single day, knowing that we're gonna go out there and win, and we're confident in, in everyone that we have. That every time we step on that ball field, we know we could beat. We have a chance to win that ball game tonight, and um, you know we go out there and we have fun. Tatis is is an electric kid. I mean, he's twenty one years old, brings the energy every single day. I mean, I watch him and I get energy just by looking at him <laughs> dancing around, just, just moving. I'm like, man, okay. <laughs> you know, everybody feeds off of that. So, it, you know, it, it's it's awesome having the group of guys that we have. And we're all on the same page. We're all, you know, doing what we got to do. And we're all motivated. You know, we want to win. And, you know, we got a little taste of, uh, you know, winning some ball games. And, you know, obviously, AJ made that big trade and brought in the ball club and made us a lot stronger. So, you know, we've been we've been fired up in there. I mean, I think uh, Clevenger said, right, like when he when he came over, he's like, this is the place to be. Like this is the spot. You you guys feel like you feel like the, you are the hot team in baseball. You you're the you know you're like you feel like the Miami Heat were back in the day. It just feels like to me you're the most interesting team to watch. How does that like sort of knowing that? How does that give you guys energy? What does that do for you? Feeling like whoa, we're kind of we're the it team in baseball right now. Yeah, uh, you know, honestly, it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy because even before we made all these trades, we felt we felt the same way. You know, with the team we had, we felt like we'd go out there and we had a good chance of, uh, you know, making it far in the postseason, and uh, we had a chance to compete. Um, and then once, 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 once AJ went out there and made those trades and, and made our team a lot, a lot better, bringing in the ace, bringing in our bullpen help that we needed big time, and um, you know, bringing in those big bats, uh, you know, offensively as well. I mean, at that point, then it just, it just kicked up another whole gear. And I think everybody in the clubhouse kind of you know, front that urgency that, you know, the, the front office wanted to, wanted, wanted to win, you know, and we're, we're, we're ready. And, you know, they gave us that conf- that little extra confidence that we needed as a ball club to, uh, you know, put ourselves in another level. And, you know, that's all you got to give us, especially these young kids. You give these young kids just a little bit, you know, they feed off of that and, 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 and everybody else feeds off of it. So it's been, you know, it's, it's been crazy, but you know, we, we, the best thing we have as a ball club is that we have the confidence every single day that no matter what, no matter if we're down seven nothing, no matter if we're up seven nothing, we still got a confidence that we're gonna go out there and we're gonna win and you know we're gonna do everything possible to leave it on the field and and do whatever it takes. 
you know what the best thing I, I've seen like about you guys, like watching you guys is like, you guys are gonna be good for a long time. Like this is sustainable. Like long you guys time. are young. You know what I'm saying? It's fresh. Like you guys got good pitching. Like yeah. it's gonna be you and the Dodgers battling for a long time. I watched that whole for series sure. earlier this week. That was a lot of fun. Like that was a lot of fun to watch you guys battle with two great teams with a lot of young talent. That's gonna be you know battling for a long time out there. Yeah. No, I mean they're a great team. I mean we we said it. I've said it before. I mean they're the team. That, they're the team to beat. And they hold the rein, and they're they're the team that we have to go through to get where we want to get to. And you know, there's no question about that. But you know, we're we're gonna battle. You know, we got we got a hell of a young team, young pitching staff. We got a bullpen there. You know, that's gonna be holding it down for the next couple of years. I mean, we we got a chance to to make a run like the you know like the like the Dodgers been making it for the last ten years. You know that we have the same squad going out there every single day and. It was it was a hell of a series. I mean, they're a good team, but uh, you know, I think we we got a good chance to uh, you know, let them have it, and you know, we're just gonna go out there and enjoy ourselves. At the end of the day, you know, that's that's the good thing about having young kids. They they just love, they love to have fun, hey, so, <laughs> which is I the mean, best thing. I'm always watching you guys dancing in the in the dugout after <laughs> home runs and stuff, but and it's funny for me. I love it. Like I love that, but I know I look at Larry. And I know I see him in the deck. I don't know. He gets so bad. <laughs> I know he's so pissed off about. I mean, he's just in a bad mood all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just, he don't want none of that extra shit. So I, I already know his mood. I, I'm, I'm looking for him in the deck. I'm not watching you guys. That's dance. what you're looking for. I want to see his reaction. <laughs> Larry, Larry sits in the end of the dugout right next to my bat. So I put my bat down on the, the end of the dugout. He's always sitting down there. So every time we come and hit, you know, we do that little dance, he's always at the end. He's kind of like, you know, the first couple times, the first couple days, he was a little, he was a little, okay, you just like a little high five. All right, let's go. But now he's kind of getting fired up. He's fired up now. He's he's getting out there. He's all right, let's go. You know, especially the pitches we got there, you know, we're trying to get some runs up to put, put up some runs against them. But, you know, just seeing Larry's reaction every single day. I mean, Larry's a freaking man, man. You've had him for a dude. long time. And, yeah. dude, I know why you love him now. <laughs> <laughs> he and, and we're talking about Larry Rothschild, former Yankees pitching coach. I was wondering that, Manny, if you're taking care of Larry after, you know, he was he was C's guy oh, for a while for here, For a long man. time, yeah. yeah. Long time. Uh, he's, he's taking care of me now, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know he loves Manny because he loves defense. He loves anybody. <laughs> anybody that can make a play. He loves him. If you can't make hey, you a know, play, he won't talk to you. <laughs> you hey, it's funny you say that because earlier on in the year, first couple, like like the first week or so, first couple of weeks, I wasn't doing too hot at defense. I was missing a couple of balls, and Larry keeps looking at me with that with that with that stink eye. And he's looking at me. I'm like, damn. One day he comes up to me. He's like, hey, hey, that's not the Manny I know. You know how many times you robbed me when when we're over there in New York? You better clean it up. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I didn't that. After that, I've been on point. Uh, we got to get Larry on the pod, bro. We got to get Larry on here, man. We, we do, man. We love Larry. Larry's one of my favorites, man, because he's like, he's actually like this. He's got like that warm teddy bear in there, but he doesn't want anyone to know it. And he's yeah. so he's got that curmudgeon exterior. Man, Manny, how about what are some of the differences between living in L.A. versus living in San Diego? Southern California, way, way more chill. In San Diego, too much going. Yeah, it's just too much going on in LA. I, I always, I always, I always thought I wanted to live in LA. You know, I had my, I did my knee surgeries there, and I, I spent a couple, you know, a couple of months there in the off season. And I was like, man, I love LA. We loved it. The food's great, weather's great. 
But then when you live there during baseball season, and I'm I'm living up there in yeah, I think it was like Hollywood Hills area. It's about like ten minutes, fifteen minutes from the ballpark. Man, traffic. Just it's, it's a lot going on. You know, it's it's just it's a lot. It's it's Hollywood for a reason. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. His name Hollywood for a reason. So, um, and then you come down here, and then we come we come to San Diego, and it's just so much chill. Everybody's so relaxed. I mean, honestly, I walk through I walk through my neighborhood, and there. It feels like I'm watching like a TV show or something. Like it's fake. Like people riding bikes, white riding their golf carts around. <laughs> like I mean, it's just super, like super laid back, super nice. So I mean, if I had to choose, I mean, definitely San Diego, just because that's just the more the personality that I love. Like I just like to be chill on the water, just sightseeing, walking on the beach, you know, riding my bike around town, and just kind of relaxing. Where LA is a little more, a little more life, you know, a little more party life. So if I had to choose, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm on the chill mode. Put it Down like this, Brooko. People, people from LA drive down to San Diego to get like a break yeah. when they want to yeah. like just relax and go chill and not have to deal with traffic and eat some nice good food and you know just hang out. You go to San Diego. Just more, more, more chill. Just a little, just how would you how would you say it, it would be kind of like I want to say like going driving out to the Hamptons because the Hamptons that's nah, another crazy part. It, you know, it would be it different. would be like it would be like in the city compared to like Westchester, like Westchester, where you can yeah. like the city's yeah. crazy. It's a lot of shit going on, and you get out to Westchester or like the suburbs, and it's like you can like have uh, a normal, you know, like life. You can take a breath. You can chill out. Like it's not so much hustle and bustle. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's perfect. You you know my favorite fish taco place of all time is in San Diego. No way. Where is it at? Fish shop. You ever been? No. It's in Pacific Beach. Dude, it is a bomb. Bomb. Ridiculous. So good. But, uh, absurd, man. It's like a little small place, you know, tables outside, those the, whatever. Great. Those are the best ones, though. Yeah. yeah for sure. Those are always man. the best ones. What, what's the, what, how has the food scene been, been like in San Diego? How about that aspect it, of things? It's, it's been great, man. The food's good. I mean, here on the island, it's pretty much you get whatever you want. Your fish. I mean, there's fresh fish every single day. I mean, you get tuna. I think uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, the tuna, I had, I had a guy out here that brings these flesh slices of tuna just melts in your mouth. I mean, it's just <laughs> bomb. Like, Sashimi the right there. Yeah, Sashimi right there. I mean, it's just, it's fresh. I mean, earlier, like during quarantine, because uh, I, I spent I spent some time out here during the quarantine when the whole uh, baseball season finished. So I came out here. I mean, it was lobster. I mean, that, one of these guys sent us a lobster pick. I mean, the lobster was the size of like, kind of like almost a, like half of my size. Dude, it was huge. I'm like, where'd you catch this? Where'd you catch this? And he's like, man, it was like 15 minutes out. You just go out there and there was, it was lobster season out here. So they'd be catching that. Yellowtail. Um... I mean, you get fresh, fresh berries, fresh strawberries every single day. Um, you know, everything is just organic out here. It's so yeah. like it's fresh. It's fresh. The avocados you get. I have my neighbor brings me avocados. He has an avocado tree, and I mean, I had freaking twenty four avocados every single day in my freaking porch. Just no, you make it. You make me miss California, bro. <laughs> bro it's, it's it's different. The avocado out here, man. Oof, <laughs> avocado toast every single day. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> man, Manny, you're going to have two guys asking to be uh, roommates with you pretty soon, man, the way man. you're describing your neighborhood in this scene, <laughs> Whatever man. you want. Whatever <laughs> you guys fantastic. want. fantastic. Manny, how about, you know, the rivalry with the Dodgers and you guys now being in the thick 
of a playoff race, but in a season where there's not fans, right? Like, how, do you still feel the same intensity being in the middle of a pennant race? What does it feel like right now compared to at times when you were a part of it when you were with the Orioles? Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, it feels the same. I mean, good. Once you step on the field, it's it's kind of the same thing. You kind of have that adrenaline. You know what what's on. You know you know what's on the line. You know what's at stake. So you you kind of put yourself in that mindset where you kind of like, hey, we got to win today, or we got to win this series. We got to catch up to the Dodgers. We got to, you know. So you you have that mindset as a player. And when you step on the field, it's 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 that competitiveness. You know, you always got to you got to compete at, at at all times. So you know that that doesn't change. Where you don't get the extra motivation with the fans is is I think was where where it kind of hurts you a little bit, you know, you get that motivation from like the home fans and you get the, the, the wave, you know, when you're on the, when you're on the road, you get the, those heckles, you know, and they, they, they try to, you know, bring you down. So like, I think that aspect of things is where kind of, we miss it a little bit in, in baseball, but once you step on the field, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's go time. Like I'm trying to beat you and I'm trying to get it. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to win the division. It's going to be tough, but we got four games behind, but, I think if anybody could do it, I think we can. And, you know, we just got to go out there and just play baseball. And, you know, with the team we have and the competitiveness that, that, that every player on our team brings every single day, I mean, you know, we, we, we got to bring ourselves motivation. I feel, I feel like with the short season and every game meaning something, it makes it easier with no fans, I guess. If it was yeah. like, I mean, you guys playing in the middle of August and it's not really like a big series and you playing somewhere and it's hot and there's no fans. I feel like it'd be harder to get up than it is like very hard in these, you know, in these games where every game means something and you can make up so much yeah. ground in such a short season that you have no time to think about if the fans are out there or not. You have to no. actually like fucking lock in and win the game. You know what I'm you saying? Gotta, you have to. You have to. I mean, one pitch could turn, like just change everything. Could change a whole inning. I mean, one at bat, one, you know, you got a couple base hits and then one long inning turns into four runs and it's going to be, it's going to be tough to get back, you know, and then you got to, reset your whole mindset again and kind of like, all right, let's lock it back in. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's definitely mentally draining. I'm telling you that. I mean, this last series, I mean, I got home when I was just drained. I was like, man, I don't want to do anything. I really wanted to eat. I was just so tired <laughs> just mentally, you know, you got to be locked in. So it's just that extra focus. that so you got to have that the fans don't give you, but at the same time, you can't think about the fans or you don't think about anything else. You just think about baseball and, Honestly, I've kind of, I've kind of, I, I miss the fans and, and I love the fans because they bring you some motivation, but it's been kind of like just uh, refreshing just to go out there and just focus on baseball and you can just go out there and just focus in between the lines and that's what really matters. How about uh, the man on the left side of the infield next to you, man? What, I mean, you mentioned his energy before. Obviously, Fernando Tatis Jr. has become this sensation to watch, 21 years old. You've been through this. You know exactly what it's like to be Fernando Tatis Jr. in the major leagues. What stands out to you being around and watching him every day? What stands out that makes you say, yeah, this is why this dude's great? Yeah, he's, he loves to work, man. He, he, he works hard. Uh, you know, he, do, he doesn't take anything off. Uh, I, I've seen him now for a year. Uh, last year, what he did last year. And then this year, how, how he came to spring training, wanted to work. I saw him during the whole COVID camp where, uh, you know, while he was talking about, oh, he's not that great at defensive. They're trying to make him a, a center fielder and they were trying to trade for someone. And he worked his butt off to freaking be one of the best shortstops in the game right now. And I think that's what's the most impressive thing to me. I mean, that he has speed, boy could fly. 
I mean, does he have power? I mean, he, his power is tremendous, too. I mean, he hits balls oppo like nothing. Like, I'm like, man, 21 years old, I could break I was hitting doubles. I couldn't even hit the ball. <laughs> you know? I'm hitting doubles over here running. But, I mean, he's 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 impressive. But the most impressive was just what he brought to the field, like, defensively. I mean, he's he's turned himself into one of the top three gold glove, into the gold glove category. I mean, his attention to detail has been impressive and you don't see that in 21 year old no more you know they just want to go out there and they just want to have fun they just want to play and you know he doesn't he doesn't he never takes that away from him but how he his mindset every single day of like all right i'm gonna stay focused i'm gonna stay locked in kind of like a quarterback tom brady style you know like hey i gotta in order for us to be somewhere like you gotta you gotta stay locked in and you know every single day he's been bringing that energy he's been bringing that defensively and it's been impressive to watch and to see him grow to to see him be where he is now um, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been pretty fun to watch, man. I, I like seeing stuff like that just because you, not that I, I want to say I've been an impact, you know, for how he is, but he's been watching me work. He's been seeing how I go about my business, how I get ready for a game. And he, you know, puts it into his own things and he comes out there every single day and he's ready to play at seven o'clock every single day. And, you know, it's, it's, those are things that, you know, later on in life, you take for granted. And, you know, you, you like to see players like that achieve goals and achieve, big things in their careers and just to be a part of it it's been it's been freaking awesome man i think 1000 percent. you had a huge uh part in in his growth i mean obviously you being who you are and letting him come there play shortstop and like grow into himself i mean obviously being 21 years old he's got a long way to go but i was going to ask you you think like him being a second generation big leaguer like helps him you know like calm stay calm be in the moment just because he's been around all of this shit so long yeah I think so, man. I'm, I I know his dad's a big part of it too, and I I see him talking, Facetiming with his dad all the time, and you know his dad always talks to him before games, like, hey, like stay calm. So like, I think him being around the game kind of like makes him understand it a lot faster than some of these guys when they come up. They're like, you know, they've never been a part of the game. Once you step into a clubhouse, it's different, especially now. Like now, there's more younger kids, and they don't really know like those. I, I hate saying it like those unwritten rules, but like just the things like how to act around the clubhouse sometimes with like the veterans around. There's not, there's not many anymore. You know, I'm, I'm a veteran. I got only seven years, eight years in the league, you know? And it's like, when I came up, I had guys with 13, 14 years. So it's kind of different, but he kind of understands that. So I think that's what kind of separates him from some people because he understands the game. He understands where, where his role is. He understands that he still needs to continue to work. He still understands that, you know, Hey, like I'm, I'm having some success now, but this isn't over, you know. Like I, I got to continue to grow as a player. So, him coming from a dad and having his dad around a lot and being around the, the, the game for a while, I think it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, made himself advance a lot, a lot quicker than others. And Manny, C and I were both uh, pissed and talk about it on the pod when. Everyone got mad, or not everyone, but the Texas Rangers got mad at Tatis oh, for that yeah. 3-0 swing. I mean, it, it's still, it, it's one of the most ridiculous reactions I have ever seen in my life. Within the scope of ridiculous things that happen with unwritten rules, <laughs> it blew my mind that someone could get mad at him with that. It's a seven-run game, and what's he supposed to do, get out? Anyway, you know, I felt my heart actually hurt. When he apologized, I was like, no, yeah. dude. I told him not to, too. But yeah. he's just such a good kid. He's such a good kid, man. Like, when you have, like, and I, and I feel him because, like, I've been in those situations before quite a bit, quite a bit. But, like, you just feel like everyone's on you, you know, and everyone's just, like, bashing you and bashing you. So you're like, man, like, what did I do wrong? And I was like, look, you didn't do anything wrong. Like, 
at the end of the day, you don't need to apologize to anybody. Like, we're coming from a five-game losing streak. Our bullpen has been getting smacked. Our bullpen, we've had injuries back there. Like, we just came from Colorado. We just came from Arizona. Like, we gave up five, six-run leads like nothing. So I'm like, a six-run lead now in this, in like, especially in this short season, like, it's nothing. Like, you score that in one inning. So, like, no, swing away. And if you didn't like it, like, pitch better. Like, throw strikes. Don't get to 3-0. Or don't give them a don't give them a, a a heater down the middle, you know. I mean, there's so many different scenarios that 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 get to that. I mean, and the fact that they came out and they said, you know, it was the unwritten rules. I mean, honestly, like they were the last person, the last team to say something because they did something last year in the last game of the series when Mike Miner was pitching, trying to get that two hundred like that two hundred strikeout for the year, like yeah. And Drop a fly, you drop a fly ball, like you're yeah. no one to talk about that, you know. And then you're gonna talk to a kid that's trying to put up numbers, trying to get his money, trying to do his thing, put his name on the map. We're trying to win ball games because honestly, at the end of the day, every game counts. Like if you lose one game, that could hurt us down the year, like yeah. down the road. Especially so, like, short every season. game counts. Yeah, every game counts. So like I, I, I just, I just didn't understand where they were coming from. But yeah, on our side of things. I'm telling him to swing 3-0 every single time. Man, and you <laughs> know what? The, the thing about the unwritten rules of baseball, and I said this on the pod, is that the only people that, that bring up the unwritten rules of baseball is the fucking losers. If you didn't fucking <laughs> lose that game by 15 runs, you wouldn't be mad. You're just embarrassed, cuz. Make better pitches. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, I, I got mad the other night when uh, they called out Grisham for uh, hitting a home run off Kershaw. Oh, I don't yeah. give a fuck who's standing on the mound. It's a big game. If I hit a homer, I'm going to stand there for a little bit. You can kiss my ass. Especially from the team that, that told Bumgarner to go get the ball out of the ocean. So you you want to talk about respect for a fucking legend in the game? Bumgarner's got three fucking World Series. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's yeah. won three times. So you so exactly. Muncy can tell that guy to go get the ball out of the ocean, but Grisham can't stand there on a home run on Kershaw? It's fucking stupid. They was just mad because they lost, bro. That's all it is, man. I'm telling you. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's, it's crazy, man. Off. It's crazy. Oh, it, I get so mad about that shit, man. <laughs> I mean, we, and I get it. I mean, it's the heat of the moment. It, it's it's kind of like, I mean, if, if it's one thing for like the dugout to start chirping at you, and then it's another thing of Kershaw. Like Kershaw threw the pitch, and I, I looked straight at Kershaw, and he was like, "Fuck!" Like I fucked up that pitch. Fuck, you know. Like now he's done. You know, and he's, he's hey, I'm gonna go make another pitch, and then the dugout comes and they start chirping like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Like, dude. This kid's a rookie. They were talking about, I think they said something about, hey, uh, you know, act like you've been there before. The kid, he, he's, he's never been there. He's, he's never, never been, been there. there. <laughs> he's never been there. That's probably the biggest home run of his career. Like, yeah. he's like Kershaw to win a freaking game. Like, that, that's a fucking huge ass home run. Like, I would have done the same goddamn thing, especially. Like, that's a fucking big ass home run, you know, key home run for him. So, like, I just, hey, like, I tell everybody in our clubhouse, like, we just go out there, just keep playing, keep doing us. People are going to be mad, whatever. Like, we just keep playing baseball and we just do it the right way. And, hey, no, we can't control that. Like, we can control what we can control, which is going out there and winning ball games. People are going to hate when you win. I was about to That's say, people going to hate. As long as y'all keep winning, people going to keep hating, especially because y'all young and exciting and everybody loves y'all. So the more they, the more yep. that y'all keep winning, the embarrassed people going to get and the more they're going to be mad. So it is what it is. Yep. Yep, exactly. Manny, do you have that kind of talk, like, with – Fernando, like saying, "Hey, like you didn't do anything wrong. Don't you know? Oh yeah, stay you. Keep keep bringing this energy. Keep doing what you're doing." 
Oh, hundred percent. I mean, he did nothing wrong. I mean, I think the whole, the, our whole ball club, like we all told him like, Hey, like you did nothing wrong here. Like, you know, it is what it is. Like you swung three Oh, nobody ever said like three Oh, like how about if he would have went three Oh, three one. And then he rolls over a ground ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> what is, like, what, like what, you know, then what now he's now he has to walk into the dugout pissed as hell throwing a helmet, you know, because you, you missed the 3-0 shot. Like, no, like, just swing. So, like, we all told him, like, hey, dude, like, keep doing what you're doing, bro. Like, keep swinging. Ain't nothing wrong with it. You did nothing wrong. Trust me. If you did something wrong, I'll be the first person to tell you that you did something wrong. You know what? I- I'm glad you told him that because it's, I mean, see, we've talked about this. It's part of what makes you guys so fun to watch, you know? It- it's it's that life. It's that energy. It's that excitement. It's the joy it always drives me nuts when people try and quell that because first and foremost, right, you're competing. Secondly, this is an entertainment business. Those things, those reactions, check both boxes, right? They show you're into the competition and it's entertaining to watch. I love that stuff. I really do. I, I And I want to see more of it. It's fun watching the young Padres <laughs> doing their thing, man. It really is. It's great. It's the brown. It's the brown. The brown gave us some life, you know? <laughs> the brown and yellow. <laughs> the brown and yellow, baby. Yo, what oh. them 35s feel like, dog? Them things is clean, bro. Oh, man. They're clean. They're clean. They're so nice, man. They feel kind of like the 13s a little bit, like like the feel of them, kind of like narrow. But just the looks of them, they're freaking... They're just more athletic, you know. Retros yeah. are retros. They're a little more bulky. They're, you know, they're cooler looking. Yeah. Where, you know, the 35 is a little more athletic, a little more slim fit, kind of more, more little forgiving on, like, the field when you're playing, like, when you're running around. Man, you I know, some... you, you're a pitcher, so you're just chilling, you know. You, yeah, you chilling with the retros. <laughs> it didn't matter for me, the retro. The more retros, the so, better for me. But you got some heat this it... year, dog. You got some real heat yeah. this year, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, man, honestly, the, so I told, I was talking, I was talking to the, the crew when we're doing the when I was doing my cleats this year and I want to do the safari look so I was telling them about the the little the foe on the back and they came up they're like we're gonna try to do it for you and when they did it hey that shit came out clean have you seen this cleats this year so right clean have I you, saw, seen you know what's funny I literally saw one of your pairs of cleats today Manny and I was like whoa these are ridiculous. I don't know if I saw the safari ones. You put them on your Instagram? The safari ones. Yeah, the safari ones. They yeah, like, are so clean. We all get Oof. to pick the same stuff. Like, we all go into a room and pick it, to like, not together, but, like, we all make our shoes kind of together. But yeah. it's like when Manny's shoes come, it's like he's like he made his shit in a different room than us. Like, like it yeah. shit always comes. <laughs> it's always We're some right different there. heat, too, dog. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> It'd be crazy. Oh, that's tremendous. All right. Well, what inspired? Uh, what made you want the safari look? For your for your Jordan, I actually because I so I was I was the funny thing was I was kind of like cleaning out my closet last off season, and I'm looking around and I saw the three the Safari threes that came out and I'm like, man, this is because the, the leopard skin is yeah. brown, so it's kind of like brown and like yellow a little bit. So I was like, yeah, this is perfect. This is perfect for my shoes right here. This is what I want to do. So I told the crew and I I, brought, I literally brought out the show. I'm like, this is what I want right here. You guys gotta make me this shoe right here exactly how it is. <laughs> And they made it happen. They made it happen. I, I I usually choose like one every year. I choose like one shoe. Like, you know, we get boxes of shoes. So like every year I pick one that kind of like in our color scheme. And I kind of tell them like, hey, I want this retro right here just as like as, as a cleat. And then the other two, I just kind of mess around and I kind of just do whatever I want. Just kind of freeload and just different designs every year. I try to, ch- I just try to change it up every year because it's the same thing. Kind of just like you have the same colorway every single year. It's not changing. Yeah. 
you don't want to make the same shoe every year. So I kind of just change it up. Maybe next year I go all yellow, maybe, maybe all gold. Try to break that internet. Try to break that internet, you know? <laughs> that Jordan fam. Hey, hey, man, that's what I love. My I, and Full disclosure, my boy runs it, but I love following what pros wear because they got all your guys' gear on their page and everything, and it's like, it's sick to see, man. It's fun. And there is that culture in baseball. It's interesting because in basketball, I think like the culture kind of started as like the clothes walking into the game, right? The fashion walking yep. into the game. But and now obviously you check out guys' kicks like on the floor too, yeah. of course. But like with baseball, I think it's like very much the gear when you're on the field that like yeah. and that's what and people see. That's what people want to see. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of nice that MLB is kind of lifting the restrictions on what what like what we could kind of wear, you know. Like Toddy likes wearing the pink armband for his mom and stuff and his family. So it's kind of like cool to see like people out there and just like showing their emotions. Like, like this is who we are, you know. So like whenever you get a chance to kind of like show where you come from, show who you are, show what type of personality you have. Like, that's what people want to see at the end of the day. So it's kind of cool that MLB's kind of been lifting it a little bit because that's huge, man. That's what, honestly, that's what's attracting more fans. Like, people want to see that stuff. People want to see cleats. People want to see arm sleeves. I remember when I was growing up, I used to watch CC. I used to watch uh, J-Rose. Like, hey, where do you get that armband? You know, they're obviously, they're the only ones getting it or they're the only ones getting those cleats and stuff. But like, that's what like growing up and kids like that's what you look forward to like that's the stuff you want that's what you want to be rocking when you go play out and that's the only way we're gonna get younger fans you know like and that's how you're gonna like like yep. you said like toddy where's the pink thing like nobody would have known that yeah. but now somebody asks him and he tells a story and then that attracts yep. different fans so like it just shows 100%. you guys personalities you know and i think starting with players weekend is kind of how it started like guys wearing whatever yeah. they want and now I think MLB sees that it, you know it's good for the game. It's good for and, the game, and and it and it actually individualizes you guys and, and lets you guys be yourself. I love it, man. I love it, especially this year. They they kind of re- lifted the restrictions, like moving forward now for like the next couple of weeks, which is going to be nice. Yeah, it's oh, dope. It's great, man. I mean, I, look, it's part of why we love doing the pod too, right? It's like we want people getting to express themselves individually. What happens? People listen. They're like, oh, I like that guy. Now, all of a sudden, they're more invested. They root for you more. Yep. They watch more. You know, it's the same kind of concept. When you use the word, see, when you can individualize things, you give people a chance to hook to them, you know? Yeah. I'm going to give you a chance here, Manny, to make even more uh, fans. You, you're an amazing defender. And interestingly, we do, like, we get a lot of... Um, like a lot of people who have kids who play baseball who do listen to the pod. I mean, we have a wide variety of audience, but I know we have some of these people. If you were just giving young up and coming baseball players like one piece of advice, something to focus on defensively, what would it be? It can be third base specific or not, but I mean, you're a platinum glove winner, two time gold glover. So I, I'm sure they would just love to hear what you'd have to say to a young up and coming defender. I think the, the, the biggest key, I think, to defense is, is, People worry about the highlight reels and worry about like the cool plays, which which, which is awesome. Obviously, everybody wants that. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but like it, it, it's attention to detail, and it's kind of like I I keep it to my like for like myself when I'm struggling defensively. Like I always go back to basic, which is catch the ball, like catch the ball, center palm, and the biggest thing is kind of um how can I explain it? It's kind of as soon as the ball's hit kind of mentally know where that ball is going. So like your glove, your hand glove is always going to like go exactly. So I would say, I always, I always tell guys, like I tell Tati all the time, your, uh, wherever your hand goes, your feet will follow. So like, let's say the ball is two steps to your right. 
if your glove is going straight to that bot, your feet will always naturally get under yourself because your, your feet are going to, you know, your feet are your, your base. So they're going to get there. So whenever the bots hit, try to put your hand directly to where you think that ball's going to go. So like if it's to my left, I know instantly I'm going to go straight. I'm going to do this. This is the first thing I'm going to do. My glove's going to go where I think that ball's going to end up. And naturally, like physically, naturally, everything, you will end up there, which is, it's crazy to like think about, but it, it just happens, man. Just because you're, you're meant to like, just, I guess the science, I, I failed science, so I don't really know, <laughs> but like the physics and science and all that stuff, it says that like, you know, you're, you're, you're like cells, it sends like, like neutrons up to your cells or whatever. And it like, it just gets you to that position at all times. So for position, for like position players out there, I would say that, man, like just, just kind of just wherever the balls hit, your glove needs to be there first and then everything else would just follow and then just catch the ball, you know, just try to keep it as simple as possible. That makes I sense. love I love that advice, man. That's great. And 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 I love you getting into the, you know, uh quantum physics with us too. To <laughs> get that down, man. But the best so players more, can so always more. keep it so simple though, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like take your glove that. to it. Like, yeah, I mean they, they keep yeah. it so simple. What about Manny? Do you ever uh like when you're in, let's say the infield's in, you, do you ever when there's like a uh, a big right-handed hitter up, like do you ever get a little nervous like my gosh, I hope this guy doesn't hit a rocket at me right now while I'm in like this. Yeah, I used to, uh, I used to hate when Jose Bautista used to come up to hit. <laughs> boy, can, <laughs> boy can hit, you know? And then I, I, had, uh, I had Big Judge over there. Yeah, you know, those, those are guys you don't want to be playing infield in with, you know? So I usually, <laughs> you know, my coach says four. I usually play maybe like a three, so I take a couple steps back, you know, just to give myself some time. So yeah, it's a little tough. It's a little tough. I, I man, I understandably so. Like, I mean, you're 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 so far in, and it's like this guy's hitting the ball 115 miles an hour off the bat, and you're right there. Oof! I wouldn't want I'll to be a one, third for that. I tell you one time. One time I was playing. Uh, this was when Stan was back in Miami, and uh, you know he was having his MVP season. They told me to play in a little bit, and I was like, <laughs> I don't think so. I moved back. I was I was on the grass in Miami Stadium. Like I was like two steps into the grass. I'm like, if he hits a chopper right here, hey, you could take your base hit. Base hit. But I ain't, ta- I ain't I ain't taking no line drive off the shin or something. He was, he was in the box so hard that year. I'm like, nah, I ain't about that right now. So I'm gonna play a little back. You know what's crazy about you? Like watching you for so many years. Obviously, it just seems like you're never in a rush. Like wherever the balls hit, you, I mean, I've watched you make every play. Obviously, but it just seems like like you're never in a rush to make the play, whether you have to dive or whatever, because you know you have enough arm, like, or you have to range behind third. Like, it just it's just always like on your own time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I learned that. I learned that though, because it's crazy. Because like we did a drill in Baltimore with that, so like we kind of like we put a, Buck will put a, a shot clock, um, a bass base, so he'll put like an average time, like at four three. And then he'll start hitting us ground balls and we had to turn a double play on it. So like by doing that, you kind of like internally in your mind, I'm kind of already know like how much time I have. So like, let's say, I don't know, like a Brett Gardner running, you know, he's fast. He's a three nine down the line. So you got to be a little quicker. So it's kind of like knowing who's hitting where it's like judge, if judge hits a rocket toward me, he probably, he's probably not going to be running. He's probably going to be like a four, two, four, three, four, four. So you have some time. So like, 
my clock internally, I know where my clock is at all times. I know what hitter is hitting. So I know if he has speed or not. I know if he's in a bunt. So it's kind of like knowing who the hitter is to kind of know like, all right, like if I die for this ball, I have time. Or if I die for this ball, I got to get up and throw this ball quick. Or I got time going forward or if it's a ground ball. So it's kind of like knowing my eternal clock on the inside, knowing like who's, who's, who's the hitter at the end of the day. That's awesome, man. That's a great drill, too. I could totally see Buck doing that kind of drill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. But, hey, it, it helped a lot, a lot of us, man. And we actually we did it here with Tati, and that was one of the big big things with Tati is that he, uh, you know, he, he started understanding the clock. He always, like, like me, when we were young, like, you just wanted to use your arm. You want to just launch that. You know, I got a good arm, but, hey, I'm 28 now. My arm is not as good as it used to be, so I got to let it go a little quicker. So it's kind of like, knowing him it's like he wanted to throw it all at all times and use his arms at all times like Tati, you don't need to use your arms for a ground ball routine ground ball at you like catch it just let it go you have time like not everybody hits a ground ball at you hard it's gonna be running full speed like full speed so like you got time so it's like knowing your clock knowing who's hitting who knowing it's kind of like see other side of baseball you kind of got to like learn and and understand Manny, did you pitch at all growing up? Because you have such a ridiculous arm. Even yeah. if you don't think it's quite as good at 28, you have a cannon. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 get, I, did, I pitched a little bit growing up, but I called it quits in uh, 2010 when I went to Perfect Game Nationals in Minnesota. And, you know, I had to throw, I had to throw an inning and it was a minimum of five batters and I didn't get one out. <laughs> I threw 93, but... My shit was getting my shit was getting slapped. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I've seen video you taking BP there at the Metrodome that year uh, for Perfect Game. Yeah, that was the same year I got rocked. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. That was it. You were done. But I ca- I came out hitting though. I came out hitting though. I came out. I was I was raking that year. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Um, we have a bunch of questions for people on social media, man, and I think we've answered a lot of them, but. Um, this was interesting. Uh, Big Steve 89 said, what sport would you have played if you didn't choose baseball? Oof. I'd probably say basketball. I think basketball was my next, my next sport. I used to play it growing up in the summers. I kind of, I kind of, I stopped eighth grade going to my freshman year just because I had to kind of choose. Uh, and I, I, I kind of put more mindset into baseball and like I got a trainer, started training, but if I had to choose, it's probably going to be basketball. I couldn't play. My mom never let me play football growing up. She didn't want me to break bones. I was a little skinny kid, you know, skinny talk kid. So <laughs> I couldn't play football. Did you start playing like perfect game and all of that stuff like in eighth, ninth grade? Like was all of that stuff around? Like how much of that stuff did you do in the, in the summertime travel? I, I didn't do much, to be honest. See, I, I kind of did a little bit of it. I started doing it uh, freshman and sophomore year was kind of when I started started going out there. And I, I was a late bloomer, man. Like nobody knew who I really was. Um, and so probably like my sophomore year, I kind of had a big, I had a big sophomore year in school. Then I'm going into that summer. I had a big summer. I played for a couple, I did the perfect game nationals. I did the perfect game teams. Um, I was with the all American prospects kind of balling out there. So I had a great summer. So I kind of put me on the map a little bit. And then the next year is what kind of when I, where I kind of blew up. So I was kind of like a little late to the show with it, but, um, it didn't start off till probably like my freshman sophomore years when kind of perfect game started like building up and got got pretty big down south. I like this question. We're talking about defense from Jonathan Liskov. He tweeted at us as a third baseman. What's your favorite play you get to make, and do you have one particular favorite from your career? 
ball down the line. I love making that play, like that backhand and just kind of just slinging it and just kind of, I love, I love the feeling where I kind of just lob it to first base and, you know, a runner thinks he's going to beat it out and right, right, and bang, bang, and he's out. And I, I just, I just love making that play for some reason. I kind of just, everybody thinks I'm showboying it or I, you know, plant your foot and make, my, my coach always tells me, plant your foot and make a hard throw. Or I was like, no, I'm just going to kind of catch and just lob it over. <laughs> make him run. And then so once he, once he thinks he's going to be safe, he's out, out. I kind of love that one. So it's kind of like the one I made in New York, which is probably my, goes down to the next one. It's kind of my, it's probably like my, my favorite play was, but I, I kind of bobbled it. It was my 21st birthday, and it was hot as hell in New York. Bobbled the, I should have caught that ball for Cruz. Bobbled it, and I made that same throw. And I, I think that's probably like my, like, like my highlight of my career right there defensively. I will say, I will say, my other one was, which is kind of impressive. It wasn't on third base, but it was against Texas. I was playing, I was playing, uh, I was playing in the shift, and I made that. I caught a fly ball almost in the warning track, which is pretty cool. I was like, damn, that's pretty tight. Yeah, you did that shit this year too in Texas, bro. What was that? Was it was that this Texas? year in Texas. In oh, Texas. That's, that's was, the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in Texas bro. against. Yeah, it was against Gallo. Are you looking this up, Ruka? I'm looking it up right now, Guys, man. Yeah, I remember the sickest plays ever, and he made yeah. it so easy. Like, yeah, it was I, like I, he just nonchalantly just caught it. Like it was crazy. Yeah, I remember this play. Right, Gallo hits it deep down the right field line. Manny yep. is out and makes this like. Dude, this play is ridiculous. You're ridiculous. Like, you're like four steps from the wall, and then you're like right up against the wall. You're on the track up against the, yeah. the you know, the wall along the foul line, and you catch it like over your shoulder, like, <laughs> like, like this. Well, was, the whole time I'm looking at, I'm looking at Will. I'm like, Will, where, like, where were you playing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta help me out. He here, must like, have been. He on? must have been in left center because you ran he's so far. To be found. <laughs> oh my gosh! I know, man. It, it seriously. It it's. It looks like a ball that the right fielder would just come in a couple steps and take. You know. Exactly. That's what I told him. He's like, "Now nah, they have me playing in the right center gap," and I was like, "Man, look, you should have told me." Oh, tremendous! Crazy though, man. That was that was pretty. That was pretty sick. I kind of I kind of like that. That was probably that's that's, that's got to be up there with the with the with the one down the line. Yeah, oh, ridiculous. Sick. Manny, before we let you get out of here, we've got to have you tell your Kobe story. Uh, I know it's one you told us when you were on R2C2 the last time. And by the way, I can't wait till we can do this all in person again uh, because, you know, for we, sure. we, we love having you on. You're such a great guest, man. Um, but, uh, you know, your experience with Kobe when you were with the Dodgers and wearing number eight in honor of him and getting to meet him, obviously, last time you told the story, he was still with us. So now I, I'm sure that story hits even harder for you now uh, in the aftermath of his passing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's still to this day, man. It's still, still heartbreaking for, for, for a lot of us, for myself, for his family, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough situation, but you know, the, these are the, these, these are the, these are stories that live on forever. And, 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 you know, we could, we could always remember him as, as one of the greatest players of all time, one of the greatest people of all time. And, um, you know, it was it was crazy because they've been telling me that they wanted they wanted him to throw out the first pitch for months since I got there. Like, hey, we're gonna get Kobe out here. You know, you're wearing number eight. Kobe, Kobe's a big fan, and Kobe tweeted a couple things out, and I was like, all right, cool. You know, and they months pass on, and then finally it was like game. I believe it was game four of the World Series. Um, they finally, uh, you know, they they kind of told me a couple of days before, hey, Kobe's gonna come out here. And he's gonna he's gonna throw out the first pitch, 
And I was like, nah, no way. You're, 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 you're kidding right now. And I was like, they're like, nah, he's going to be out here. I was like, all right, cool. They're like, and then a couple of days, day before, they come up to me like, hey, Kobe wants to, we're getting him a jersey. Kobe wants to wear number eight. So we're making him a jersey. But when we're making him the jersey, he says that he doesn't want his name on the back of his jersey. And I'm like, what? He said that? And he's like, yeah, he wants Machado's name. He wants your jersey on his, on like, he wants your jersey. And I was like, nah, you're kidding right now. Like, Kobe <laughs> want to say that. Like, you're, you're messing with me right now. He's like, nah, I'm dead serious. Like, he wants to wear your jersey. I was like, all right, damn, that's, that's, that's pretty tight, you know? Like, that, that's crazy. So, whatever. Game, game, game time. So, I'm kind of, I was dealing with, like, a growing injury. So, I'm in the weight room. And I'm, like, kind of, like, working out. It's like, it's like about 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock game, 6 o'clock, I'm working out. I'm getting ready. And, like, everybody comes in. He's like, hey, Kobe's here. Kobe's here. I'm like, shit, fuck, I can't believe this shit right now. Like, damn, Kobe's here. I was like, all right. So I was like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, damn, should I stop doing what I'm doing right now to go see him and say what's up to him and talk to him for a little bit? Or should I continue, like, getting ready for a game? And I was like, I'm, I'm going to get ready for a game right quick, which is the best part about the story coming up next. Because by me doing that, I'm, so Kobe, whatever, says what's up to the guys in the clubhouse. So he comes around. So he comes into the weight room. So I'm laying on the floor and I'm doing some uh, some leg lifts, and I see I turn around the camera, the, like the camera people come in, and I'm like, oh shit! Don't tell me this is Kobe. So I look over and Kobe walks in. He's like, damn, all right, man, all right, I see you, I see you trying to get that shit, boy. I see you. All right. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> all right. So at this point, I'm like, I'm like, should I stop? Should I stop doing my leg raises and get up and say what's up to him, or should I finish my set? <laughs> so like, I'm gonna finish my set. So I, I cut it down to like eight. I, so I was supposed to do ten, but I did eight. I get up and I said, "What's up to him?" He's like, "Nah, don't don't get up for me. Don't get up for me. You finish. I'll be here." I was like, "Damn!" Like that. Like right there, I just like that just tells you like what type of person he is, you know. And I, I got up and he starts. I start talking to him. I'm like, "Hey, what's up, man? How's it going?" He's like, "Hey, you know, it's an honor to meet you." And I was like, "Man, the honor is mine. Like, what are you talking about?" And, but all this, all these conversations happening in Spanish. So he's talking to me in Spanish. Oh, so wow. I'm like, man, like, hey, I'm like, you're even talking Spanish right now to me? And and he said a couple words and I was like, damn, like, this is, I'm like, Kobe, I'm I'm like, I'm mind blown right now. Like, I don't, like, I don't even know what to tell you right now. He's like, nah, you know, it's, it's I'm, I'm glad you're here. You know, the city needs you. You know, like the city needs this baseball. It needs a championship. It's been since 88, since we won. Like, you know, let's, let's go. Let's bring it home. And I was like, Kobe, bro, I freaking love you, man. I, <laughs> I, I love you, bro. Like. Can I get a picture with you, man? He's like, what? Hell yeah, let's go. So he had his, he had his, uh, he had a, he had a blue uh, Kobe, Kobe jacket on. So we go, we like, we start posing for the picture, and he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, my bad, hold on, hold on. So I'm like, what happened? He goes, he takes off his jersey. He's like, hold on, I gotta take a picture with my jersey, and he turns around and he's wearing Machado jersey on. I was like, oh, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, damn, bro. Oh. I'm like, this is unreal right now. Like this, this is crazy. So I see, you see the picture. And, you know, I post a picture and you could just see my face. Like I, I was, I was just mind blown. Like I was just like, I was blushing and stuff, you know, like it was just, it's just crazy. Like, you know, it was just a crazy story. And then, you know, obviously after that, we took the picture and we, we, we talked for a couple more minutes and then he's like, right, I got to go do this thing. And then as I'm walking back into the game, cause he has to go like announce the lineup card. So as I'm walking back in, I put, I went, I went inside the clubhouse, put on my cleats and I'm going out to go start like running. His family was there, so his wife and his daughter were there. The older daughter was there, and like he's like, "Hey, Manny, hold on!" Right. So like he stops me and he comes and he's like, "Hey, look, I want you to meet my wife. I want you to meet my daughter." Like, and he starts introducing them to them. 
I'm like, I'm, it, it was just like, that just tells you what, like, what, what type of guy, like, he was and, like, how much he meant to people. And, I mean, that, that's just something I'm never going to forget. Like, how he went, up, like, above and beyond just to kind of say what's up to me. And I'm like, it should be the other way around. Like, and he was the one that was, like, intrigued by meeting me and intrigued to, like, introduce his wife. Like, it was just, it was just an awesome experience. And, you know, it kind of just, it's, I'm, it was sad when I heard the story and, you know, how, how, how we have to lose such great people like that in this world. And it's just, it's, it's not fair. Yeah, man. For yeah. sure, dude. It's, that, it's, it's crazy. That's my second time hearing that story. I didn't know that the whole conversation happened in Spanish, though. When yeah. you were just talking, Spanish, that's man. wild. In Spanish, man. It's it's crazy. I was like, I was in shock. I was in shock. I was like, <laughs> man, this is just, I, I don't even know what to say right now. So I don't so know if I should talk Spanish or I should talk English. <laughs> so it's amazing. That is an amazing story, Manny. You are an R2C2 favorite. Uh, continued success. You're a legitimate MVP candidate this season in the National right. League, having an amazing year, and C and I are going to be rooting for you and the Padres the rest of the way, man. I look forward to seeing you in person and and going and eating all the wonderful fresh food at your house whenever we're in San Diego. <laughs> whenever you guys, you guys are welcome. Thank you guys, man. I appreciate it, too. Tell Larry I said what's up, bro. Good luck the rest I of the will, year. I will, I will. Well, see, it, another fantastic conversation with Manny Machado. He's amazing. I think everyone will come away being like, yeah, that guy's awesome. Um, but it's interesting. You brought it up. I had no idea that uh, the story with Kobe Bryant, that Kobe was speaking to him in Spanish. Yeah, that's why I said that's why I brought it up at the end. And, and it reminds me of, you know, Kobe's interaction. I was listening to Luca talk about him meeting Kobe and, and you know, him speaking to him in Slovenian. Like, that's that's insane. It's amazing, man. It's amazing. Just the, the talents and the wealth of knowledge of Kobe is is incredible. And I'm glad Manny told that story for our audience because it's an amazing story, man. I also like that he admitted he gets a little nervous being in at the hot corner when some of those big boys are up at the plate. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was just for the pie, man. That dude's so smooth, so? man. God, I've never seen I've never seen him make an error. It yeah. my, like personally, like in a in the in the same stadium. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, you see him make you know on TV, but I like playing against him. I'm, I, he made every play that you know for seven years I watched him play. He's incredible over there. It, it really sucked playing against him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. He is amazing. Want to remind you guys: follow R two C two on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. Let everybody you know know about it. And uh, we're rolling now. We already, you know, we told you about two week episodes. Another new episode coming up Thursday. We got Mookie Betts coming on, man. Yeah, Mook, man. Like, I, like I said, the you know playoffs are starting, about to start heating up, and you know they're in the race with the Padres. So it'll be interesting to get Mookie's take on some of this stuff too. So um, I'm excited to have him back on. So new episode Thursday. Until then, peace. <laughs>